This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Pleasant good morning to everyone and welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Coles Brown, joined by guest co-host Charles Etman of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Today's guest menu is simply, it simply looks like this. In our number one, he's a head football coach at Southern University. Coach Eric Dooley joins the Coles Brown Show. And then following Coach Eric Dooley, That'll take us up to the top of the hour. And hour number two, Coach Van Petaway, he joins the Coles Brown Show to talk Southern University basketball, Southwestern Athletic Conference basketball. Sometimes we get into a, a little bit of NBA, but bas- he's the basketball analyst for the Coles Brown Show. And then last but not least, Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football will be on the show to discuss of his choosing. Southwestern Athletic Conference football recruiting. And and I guess if you look at it, when I I look at recruiting, it's needs versus wants. And then how you balance uh, the two, whether it's Alcorn State, Southern University, they make an assessment early on what they need to replenish the roster. And then they uh, attempt to, to address needs. And then after needs, maybe you have some wants. Hey, you may see someone after you fulfilled all your needs that you want in the, the program, then you go after uh, that player. So we'll have Southern's uh, list, national signing date, 2022. Coach Eric Dooley, Charles Edmund, Coach Van Petaway, Brandon B.J. Jones. We'll also look at Southern University basketball last week and, um, hey, on the men's side, they went one and one. They went to the reservation, Longview, Mississippi, and um, they lost a, a tough one by four points. Uh, the women went one and one. We'll also get into a little bit of Jackson State pulls out of the Southern Heritage Classic. That has sparked a lot of conversation on uh, social media. Southern University's 2022 schedule is out. Also, you've been asking what's going on with flipping recruits. I'll just simply say that's been going on on, on 
on the Power Five and all over college football for a long time, but now it seems to have really now you're kind of seeing it on the FCS level. And uh, I'll just have some thoughts and opinions about that. Uh, Southern University, the Jaguar Sports Network, they launched that where you'll be able to now see uh, sporting events across the spectrum. Charles, good morning to you. How are you doing? I am doing fine, Carlos. I appreciate you asking. I'm here in St. Louis uh, where it's 13 inches of snow on the ground. Um, St. Louis can deal with it a little bit, but uh, trust me, if that kind of stuff happened down south, it would paralyze any place down south. You can't, you, you can't deal with it. I couldn't even, uh, I didn't go out of the house here for a couple of days while the storm was taking place. And by the time it was over with Thursday evening, I couldn't even open my door to get out. So it was, uh, it was that kind of snow, heavy snow in, in this part of the country. I guess, you know, being from that area, do you ever get used to it? I mean, as you stated, in the deep south, that it, it just, it would be disastrous. No, um, I mean, for me, you know, I, I, I left St. Louis when I was 18. So growing up, I dealt with the snow and uh, we had heavy snow. I mean, so you deal with it, you adjust to it. Do you like it? No, people can't drive in this stuff. I mean, you're slipping and sliding. The thing is, we had a sheet of ice first. We had an ice storm first, then the snow came. So you had all this snow, and then uh, it was over a sheet of ice. My, my vehicle was covered with ice for at least a day and a half. So it's you know, we, we, we got a little bit of everything, snow, ice, sleet. Um, it's sunny today, and it's going to warm up a little bit. So some of it will melt, but uh, definitely um, Mother Nature had, had its impact on us the last 72 hours. Yeah, Mother Nature is uh, undefeated, undefeated, and you have to uh, deal with it. Um, Southern University basketball, as we kind of get now deeper into the Southwestern Athletic Conference race, uh, last weekend, uh, Southern, both men and women's basketball teams, they were on the road. Uh, Southern University goes to Alcorn State, and uh, they defeat Alcorn State 65-40. to Uh, Amani McWayne with 13 points, Raven White with 11 points and Genovia Johnson with 10 points. Um, Charles, uh, you know, you went by 25 points on the road. Doesn't matter about the, uh, the amount of how many points you won by. It is often so difficult to, to win on the road, but Southern University is able to go in to Long Mississippi and take care of business on, on, on the women's side. Yeah, and it was a combination of Southern really shooting the ball well and the Lady Braves right now um, are really, really, really struggling. Um, we're without uh, Tanae Griffin, who went down, who was our starting center, freshman from Minneapolis. She went down with a knee injury, had some, was in COVID protocols, and she's going to be out for this road trip coming up. Um, and so that, that, that's a huge loss for us. And you know, we're playing hard. There's no question about it. You know, we like to get after you defensively. But now that's kind of falling by the wayside. So when you're not you're not creating turnovers and opportunities, you're not getting many opportunities. And then when you're struggling to put the ball in the basket, which has been kind of the case all year long for us, uh, maybe with the exception of the Alabama A&M game in which we were able to, to knock down some shots, it's really been a struggle for this Lady Braves team. We're a little thin numbers-wise. Our roster's depleted a little bit. So we've got – there's a lot going on. And uh, if we're not careful – you know, the top eight in the standings make the tournament. 
And right now, if the Lady Braves aren't careful, they're not going to make the tournament. And you got two games coming up that aren't going to be easy. Uh, the Clemens Arena, Pine Bluff today, Valley. Then you come home, FAMU, Bethune, then Jackson State at home. You know, by the time we get through all that, we may be maybe out of the running. I hope that's not the case. But we got to get it going under some very difficult circumstances. But give Southern credit. I mean, from from the door, they just they shot lights out. They defended, and we just couldn't we we just couldn't get it going. And the Southern women's basketball team, uh, pretty much, except for kind of the the, the slip up with, with Grandma State, they basically uh, consistent. But and then. Game two of the road swing, they go up to a formidable opponent in Jackson State women. And and basically, Charles, I, I said it last week, uh, Jackson State is the best team in the conference. And Southern went toe-to-toe with them, but they, they drop a heartbreaker uh, to Jackson State 66-58. to And they, they went toe-to-toe with Jackson State. They really did. But at the end of the, end of the night, uh, Jackson State comes away with an eight-point victory. Uh, Genovia Johnson led the Jaguars with 17 points. Uh, Hunter Diamond, 11 points. Uh, Nakia Kinsey with eight points. And Tanisha uh, Metcalf with five points. But quite simply, Jackson State still undefeated in, in the conference. That is probably that eight-point victory, the lowest amount of uh, margin of victory in, in, in their conference game. But they are number one right now. There's no doubt about it. Um, and and Unfortunately, Southern and Jackson State, if they meet again, it, it will be in the SWAC basketball tournament because they don't play again in the regular season. But, but hey, give credit to Coach Reed and Jackson State. They are the best team without a doubt. Maybe now you're looking at the race for two and three uh, coming up. Absolutely. I mean, I, I kind of I kind of look at Jackson State women's basketball kind of like Jackson State baseball. We know what Jackson State baseball team did. They were 24-0 in the regular season. They get all the way to the championship game. You know what happened. They were pretty dominant. And it's probably even more so with Jackson State's women. Now, granted, the first half against Southern University, uh, you know, it was it was, it was was a game. And I've seen at times in which Jackson State kind of takes her foot off the gas. You know, Misha Williams doesn't get involved. She got to touch it every time down the floor. It starts with her, but they've got so many shooters around her in which she may not have one of her best games, but when you got Rogan and those other players that can put the ball in the bucket, you know, it makes Misha's job get that much easier. But you got to give Southern credit. I mean, Southern pushed them, Southern challenged them. And I think if they meet again, you know, I think it's going to be a good, a good contest. And I do think Coach Bunches will make the adjustments. And uh, I think Southern University is going to be that team that could possibly push Jackson State down the road. Hey, hey, they're only playing one time. I would love to see that matchup down at the F&G Clark Center because I'd like to see how Jackson State will handle that environment down there. But that's just, you know, the kind of schedule that you got. Some, some teams are only going to see once. So I think that makes it even more tantalizing if they meet again in the tournament. And if you look at it, you know, we've often talked about it. If you can – kind of split on the road and serve home, uh, take care of home, the home court. It puts you in the position uh, to be successful and uh, achieve the goals. And, hey, Southern University right now, and, and then just being consistent. Um, if they're to face Jackson State again, uh, with Jackson State being the better team, there's a chance on any given night or day 
that, hey, a basketball team can be defeated, but uh, we give props to Jackson State. Now, over on the men's side, and and I must admit this, Charles, uh, I knew it was going to be a battle. You know, history tells us it's always been tough, both for the women and the men's team coming into Alarming, Mississippi. But the Jaguars, um, they were down by 11 and a half to Alcorn State. And then in the second half, they outscored the Braves by seven. Thus, they lost by 4.68 to 64. Uh, Jaden Sadler, uh, 18 points. Terrell uh, Williams Jr. with 12 points. And the Jaguars, actually, uh, from the field, they shot 50%. Alcorn, 38%. Um, from behind the arc, 40% for the Jaguars, 27% for Alcorn State. But it wasn't enough. And, uh, boy, Alcorn State was really happy after that game. I, I kind of saw on social media uh, what a celebration in the locker room. Hey, you give credit. Uh, Jaguars, first half doing them, 11 points. Uh, you get outscored by 11 points. In the second half, you, you outscore Alcorn by seven. But you can't make up the difference. Big win for Alcorn State on the men's side. Yeah, it was. It was. And Landon Bussey previewed that game as a championship ball game coming off the Florida trip, um, knowing that was a first-place battle. And so, you know, we dealt with one, you know, first-place team in Texas Southern, and then you, you dealt with another one that was kind of struggling but still a championship team in Prairie View. And so he previewed that Southern game as a championship game. And look, Carlos, the game was won at the free throw line. If you go inside the numbers, Southern was four of seven, and the Braves were 25 of 28. Plus oh, my 21, goodness. Plus 21 from the free throw line. I mean, so, look, I mean, so think about that. You battle back from 11, which Southern did, grab the lead, actually, and yet you're a minus 21 and makes from the free throw line and still had a shot. But, you know, you got to give the Braves credit for staying with it, for not panicking, for being poised. And, you know, there have been times in which we've let some of those games slip. We didn't. But then, of course, two nights later against Grambling, it was a totally different story in which we missed nine free throws and therefore lost the game by seven. So I, I think the roller coaster ride of the top teams in the league will continue. And I think every game, I mean, you know, Southern's going to Valley today. That's not going to be easy facing Caleb Hunter. It's not going to be easy for us either as we got two of the top ten scores in the conference over at Pine Bluff. So I think, you know, going forward, I think the race is going to be really, really intriguing. Very intriguing indeed. want to say good morning to everyone who's watching. Uh, Willie says, I keep hearing all teams will go to the tournament, Charles. I haven't heard that. Um Willie also say SU girls will have to get better at the free throw line. And, and if I can, let me go back to you. You said something about uh, the free throws and, and the disparity. And a lot of times um, people will talk about that as far as officiating and what have you. But I, I always believe when you're on the road, you can't let it come down to maybe a call or, or a miss call. What, what do you think about that? But the dis uh, the, the disparity in the, in the free throws. I think when you're on the road, <clears throat> I think when you're on the road, that's more likely to happen than not. Um, you do get some games in which the free throws are about even within five or six of each other attempts. But most of the time, I mean, are you going to get a game in which Southern was four of seven and the Braves are 25 of 28? You're not going to get that 
type of game that often in, in, in this conference. Um, I think what that tells you is that the Braves were more of the aggressor at times. And when you get aggressive, you get to the rack, you get to the cup, you get the fouls, and you get to the free throw line. And that's what the Braves have done all year, even in non-conference. They play hard. In non-conference, you don't get those calls. But in conference play, a lot of times you do. And so I, I think the Braves were just more the aggressor in that particular game. Um, and there have been other games, too. And, you know, when we played Bethune-Cookman, we were 25 of uh, – we were 21 of 23, and Bethune-Cookman was 9 of 16, and that was at, in, in Daytona. So that's, a, that's mm. another case. Yeah. So, I mean, if if you look at – I mean, just looking at the Braves situation, over a three-game period, we shot 90% from the free throw line. If you look at Southern, if you look at FAMU and Bethune-Cookman, we were 67 of 75. If you do the math, that's 90%. So when you do that, and, and we lost one of those games, and that was FAMU. So I think, you know, free throws are a huge part of it. But I think when you're on the road, every coach in the country understands that you're probably going to lose the free throw battle on the road. But you got to do other things. You can't turn the foot, I say football. You, can, you can't turn the basketball over. Uh, you you got to hit your shots. You got to crash the glass. So I think if you do those things, you'll get to the free throw line. But on the road, that's just so tough to do. Yeah, I'm looking at, at some of the comments. Uh, Barrick says, a uh, question for charging call uh, late in the ball game uh, made a big difference. Uh, Willie says, against the Jackson and women's basketball against Jackson State and free throw, uh, missed free throws. Again, it, it, it's the difference. So it, it's kind of you got to hone in on the little things. Uh, but once again, when, when, when you're on the road, you got to look at it as, hey, we can't get it to the point if it's late in the ball game where we put ourselves in a position that a a, a, a controversial call or a missed call. And hey, I, I you know I've for years have talked about where you have three officials now in the basketball games. You remember, Charles? It used to just be two officials. You have one on the baseline, then uh, out on the side, and out on the perimeter. And I'll be honest with you, uh, and it used to burn me up, and it's just me, just me. A lot of times that, that official on the baseline, maybe he can't see, his vision is blocked, but he'll defer to the perimeter official. But all that to say this, you know, free throw line, those are exactly what it says, free, free throws. You got to cash in on free throw opportunities and on the road. You've got to make sure when you're playing that you don't put yourself in a position that a, a, a call or lack of a call, you don't get it, kind of puts you on the uh, under the L. But, um, hey, oh, yeah, it was a tie game, a two-minute mark, a questionable charge call, went against Southern, and that uh, the game changed at that point. That's what Varick says um, with, with Southern and Alcorn State. But um, Southern – goes back on the road against Jackson State, and uh, they win by double digits, 75 to 64. Four players in double figures. Uh, Ron Whitley with 18 points. Uh, P.J. Bird with 15 points. Tyrone Lyons with 12 points. And Terrell Williams Jr. with 10 points. So with that being said, Charles, one and one on the road. Lost at all-court state. They're able to bounce back. 
against Jackson State. And just my opinion from the outside looking in, it's been really tough for Jackson State. And because they've had success in other sports, question to you, do you think the pressure's on Jackson State's men's basketball coach? I think it is now. Um, you know, they, they, they got some early, you know, they struggled against Alcorn. Um, they struggled on the Bama swing. Um, they struggled in Florida. They kind of got it going a little bit at home, and now they're kind of sliding the other way. I do think there is some pressure, and I've talked to some people a couple weeks ago about it, and at that time they hadn't heard any whispers about that situation. But now I think with every loss, um, I think that, you know, it's getting a little louder. You know, Wayne Brent's done enough at times in which you can say, okay, he's good. But now, right now, it's not good. And, you know, unless they get it going, it's going to be, it's going to get worse. I mean, they, they go to Valley today. It's going to be rocking at the Harrison Complex. They're going to be looking at Caleb Hunter, one of the top 10 scorers in the league. If he gets off the way Jackson is struggling to score and defend at times, it's going to be a tough day over there. And then coming over to the, uh, coming over to Pine Bluff is going to be tough. So, I mean, winning's contagious, losing is contagious. And Jackson State right now has, has hit a big-time rut. And this was a team that was, you know, flying high last year. Now they're they're, they're barely getting it off the ground. It's it, it's tough sledding for Wayne Brent. With every loss, the growls are going to get louder and louder. And then to answer the question, Carlos, about the tournament, um, I was told that the top eight teams in the standings will go to the tournament. Not every team. The top eight. So just take a look at the standings. Take a look at where your team is. The top eight go. The bottom four out. And right now, you know, our Lady Braves are struggling to make it to, to the top eight. We were, we were three games out of that eight spot going into uh, today's game. So it's Lady Braves got to get it going and are, and are banged up right now and shorthanded. But the top eight teams are going to make the tournament uh, from, what, from what Nate Kilber told me the last couple of weeks. Well, then – that's kind of how it's been in, in previous years, albeit now um, swag basketball tournament is, is you know, in, in Birmingham, of course. And uh, we'll take a look at the men's and the women's standing uh, on the men's. You got a real, real tight race and four or five teams uh, on the women's side is it, it, JSU women, clearly the leader, but you're going to have some uh, position battles for two, three, four. And so, it's going to be a very interesting uh, um, as we continue to race now with the uh, with, with new teams in the conference. You know, I, I keep thinking about Southern and Alcorn State travel partners. That's not the case. Southern and Grambling State. Usually, we say at this point of the conference season, you're at the midway point, and then you're heading uh, toward um, the three fourths part of the conference season. But now, if if we kind of look at as far as Southern University. Uh, today they're, they're back home, and they've got Alabama A and M, and then Monday night Alabama State. So they're going to have to, of course, be focused on, on playing at home. And I think when you're on the road, from a mental standpoint, you're you're more together. It's you against the world. And once again, if you if you can play 500 or better on the road, and then you you play extremely well at home, and and, and went out or win 95% of your games, then you're going to be in a position for one of those eight seeds as it, as it is to not, uh, right now. Both Southern women and men's basketball team are, are in the tournament, but you, you want to play uh, for, for position going forward. 
You sound like Landon Bussy, Carlos. You, you must have been you must have been at all court the other night when uh, we uh, lost the game, and of course Landon, Landon Bussy was disappointed. But knowing he's got to go on the road, he said we'll play better on the road. And what you just said there is kind of the sentiment of some coaches. When you're on the road, you you have more control of your team. Not saying you don't when you're at home, but you know the schedule's tighter, the travel schedule's tighter, the itinerary's tighter, and so you 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 have you have your team more confined and more focused. So I think that's, you know, and I think we're, we saw that in the early part of the season where you had more road teams winning than home teams the first part of the season. That's kind of evened out a little bit, I think. But uh, when you're playing on the road, it's definitely a little bit more focused because you can, you can have the doors blown off of you if you're not, if you're not ready to go um, on, on the road. But Southern's got to, you know, Southern, I think, is in a good position. I think the Braves are in a good position. You know, I mean, the surprise team right now, Carlos, is FAMU. They won a seven in a row. Who would have thought that coming in? Now, FAMU winning seven straight, and uh, they're winning games in all kinds of different ways and tough venues. That's a team that nobody's talking about. We're talking about TSU at all corner Southern, but no one's talking about FAMU and, and the job that they've done in the first year in, in conference play. So that, that that's another piece of this that we'll have to kind of unpack as we get down deeper in the year. Well, it'll be interesting. They're on a what, seven-game winning streak. Uh, yep. They're hot right now. I know Southern went down and and defeated uh, FAMU. But, hey, they're doing great right now. And, again, I, I, on, on the men's side, what you literally got four what, four teams uh, vying for that, that number one position. So it, it'll be very interesting to see uh, how it all plays out. I, I know this. You cannot afford a loss at home and on the road. Again, you you've got to you've got to at least be five hundred. You know, you know, get a split. And in cases where you can win both times on the road, that is Lanya. That that really is. If I could, Charles, um, some other notes. And then it was very intriguing. Jackson State pulls out of the Southern Heritage Classic. Uh, they're under contract. Uh, the promoter says um, not so fast. And we talked last week about uh, Birmingham as a site for uh, Southern and Jackson State playing when they roll off as conference opponents on the schedule. Uh, Jackson State playing University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. But now it, 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 it's a legal matter. And, and I talked to one of my colleagues, uh, Charles Bishop, of the, of the pregame show, and, and basically, you were looking at all of the years that the Jackson State has participated in that. It's just, in his opinion, just not, you know, financially, it, it, it's not as rewarding anymore. Then you have Tennessee State president basically saying it's disappointing. Uh, we had to find out from third party that Jackson State was pulling out. Wow. It's never a dull moment in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. But uh, Jackson State is pulling out. They've, they've identified to Tennessee State that, hey, we're, we're, we're pulling out the Southern Heritage Classic. <laughs> Very interesting. As the swag turned, Charles. Yeah, when I read that, I fell off the couch. Um, I couldn't believe Literally. it. I mean, that game, that, that game is, I think that's one of the bigger games in the city of Memphis, you know, Tigers play there at the Liberty Bowl. Um, I think that's a huge game for that time of year. 
And uh, I didn't know what the financials were of the game. Um, and I didn't know how it kind of came about. I've read the stuff on social media where the SWAC um, got involved first. Um, and I was told, I did a little digging yesterday, Carlos. I talked to someone that's close to the situation. Actually, Jackson State reached out to the conference to kind of make this happen. And I did, on social media, some people were saying the conference you know, made the first overtures. It was actually the other way around from a very good source that, that has the knowledge of, of, of this. Um, obviously, for Jackson State, they're looking to go bigger and they're looking for bigger payouts and bigger paydays. So when you look at what the Southern Heritage Classic was bringing them, I didn't know what those were as compared to what potentially this SWAC Classic is going to bring you. Um, I think they have to look at it as do what's in their best interest. Um, interesting that it's going to be in Birmingham. Interesting from the standpoint of, you know, why Birmingham, why Legion Field? We know that's where the SWAC offices are, and a lot of the championships have been there. So I kind of get that. And that's been talked about quietly over the years, having more championships, more SWAC events in Birmingham, whether at UAB or whatever the case, Fair Park or Legion Field. They're getting new lights at Legion Field. They have a new stadium in Birmingham. So no long Legion Field right now, other than maybe some high school games and the Magic City, is just kind of sitting there. So uh, I kind of get it from that perspective. But uh, I, I'm going to be interested to see if the game, when, Southern, when Jackson State's playing Southern, and let's keep in mind now, in 23 and 24, Southern and Jackson roll off each other's schedules. We've had this yep. discussion of whether or not you should still play some teams when they roll off each other's schedule. You and I have talked about this years ago. Some people think it shouldn't be the case. The conference has had the position, going back to two commissioners, that, hey, if this is an opportunity for schools to make money, go ahead and play. If Alcorn and Alabama A&M, because we're in the West, if they decide to play and when the games roll off each other's schedules, you should try, the conference should try to help with that if, if, if possible. So I'm interested to see – once these games get played in Birmingham, once we get the financials, and I'm sure we will, we will know, people will put it out there, whether Jackson made more money doing this as compared to staying in the Southern Heritage Classic. I didn't know what the financials were. I didn't know what their pay date was until I saw it. Um, and I'm, So I'm, I'm interested to see. And it's kind of disappointing as a fan of the swag. I thought they would get more than that. And so I think that's what Jackson State's looking at too. I mean, they're like, you know, for over these years, it hasn't been as much as we think. So you roll the dice, you see what happens with this SWAC Classic. If it generates what's anticipated, it was a good move. For Jackson fans, going to Memphis, that 200-mile trek was great. Deal Street and all that, you can't go wrong with Memphis too often. So I get that. But I think at the end of the day, with the product being better, it's about getting more money and more exposure. And obviously the SWAC Classic, they feel like that's where it's at. So I'm interested to see in the next year or so when we have this conversation again, whether Jackson State benefited more so uh, than they would have playing in Memphis. I'm just I'm just going to sit back and see. But I get it. It's a roll of the dice. It's always a chance that you take. But it was surprising, to say the least. 350000 That's kind of what the number I was told that Jackson State has made potentially. Uh, when they pay, play uh, UAPV, and of course when Southern comes uh, on the schedule 23 and 24, they have an opportunity right now 500,000 
but potentially to make up to upwards of 1.5 million. So you do the math, although it's potential, you can see where their mindset is going to go. And then uh, as I close this segment, Memphis, uh, the community, the business community, I'm sure they're going to feel it. They've uh, had success with that uh, Jackson State and Southern, Jackson State, Southern, Jackson State and Tennessee State playing there. So we'll see how, how it goes. Uh, we're going to take a timeout. And when I come back, um, schedule to join with Coach uh, Eric Dooley, head football coach at Southern University. And we also uh, put up uh, the 2022 football schedule with Southern University. It's interesting to say the least. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Well, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and parenting education coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. 
Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll everybody <laughs> we all go why not enjoy the go with Charmin? from novice to aficionado find yourself here high quality cigars plus personal customer service slow burn is waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com that's www dot slowburnwaco.com for 200 years montgomery alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change today this riverfront city has been reborn embracing the past and looking forward to the future from the national memorial for peace and justice to the stage of the alabama shakespeare festival this is where history was and is made we are proud to call montgomery home and together we can be the change
Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Coles Brown, joined by uh, Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network. In, in a very short, 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 short time, we're going to bring in Coach Eric Dooley, head football coach at Southern University. Uh, we're going to put up the schedule, but Charles, um, Coach Dooley, also not only the schedule uh, has been released, and also, we're going to ask him about uh, National Signing Day 2022. That's uh, We'll talk with him about that and, and several other uh, topics here on the Coles Brown Show. And if we're ready, uh, we'll bring in Coach Dooley uh, right now, who's been a very busy, busy man. Coach Dooley, good morning to you, sir. Good morning to you guys, and thanks for having me. Oh, it's it's always a pleasure, Coach. Uh, we got couple, uh, several things to talk about, but one um, national signing date has come and gone. Uh, talk to us about the, the class, and and when we talk about recruiting, I know I always look at needs versus wants. But your, but your thoughts on on your uh, first signing class at, at, at Southern University as head coach. Well, of course, you know, I'm very, very excited about the class that we were able to bring in. Uh, I, I thought it uh, hit our immediate needs. Uh, and that's what I go out of. That's always an exciting time. I thought we addressed those needs. And I thought the assistant coaches did a great job in going out and get the guys that, that Southern University needed. Coach, wide receiver, we get a lot of questions about that. Uh, quarterback, the trigger man. But if you look, even in, in, in December, Coach Dool and staff, they went after defensive help. And I'm sure that's because you were able to assess the needs of this Southern University football team. Talk about that going on on, on the defense side. And I, and I put it that way, Coach, because you're known as the offensive guru. Absolutely. You know, uh, we, we, we addressed the need earlier as far as a, a quarterback. I did have some quarterbacks that were returning. But, of course, we thought it was a need to uh, go out and get some more quarterback because the style of offense that we want to run. Uh, but then, more importantly, uh, in this second uh, signing period, we were able to address and get some uh, some wide receivers that I thought was much, much needed. Uh, so I, when you look at the overall class, uh, I, I thought we touched on everything that was needed and, and, and completed it successfully uh, in getting those guys to come in uh, with experience, uh, with some um, some high schoolers as well, and, and also some junior college transfers. Coach, why is that so important? Because I know, and I'll term it this way, is the temptation of going for immediate help, transfer a portal, but the mixture of high schools, athletes, JUCO, and then transfer a portal, wide receiver core. Why... Why that way? Why did you choose that way to, to, to do it that way? Well, you, you know, I, I think you have to be very, very careful. I, I know there's a new thing that's going on, and, and I call it uh, active free agency. Uh, so you got to be careful with, with the guys that you bring to your team. Uh, I thought we were very, very selective. Uh, I, I believe in building relationships. Uh, so I, I was able to build relationships with those guys that are transferring. Uh, then I was able to build relationships with the guys that are in the junior college. Uh, and also, more importantly, build the relationship with the guys in high school. Those are guys that you want to develop, and that's going to be really the core of your team. So 
uh, the way that we go about doing things, uh, regardless of who those guys are, I, I know everything looks good uh, when you look at those guys coming from different universities, but uh, everyone is not a perfect fit. And you say perfect fit. Yes, perfect fit. I'm looking for a perfect fit because I think that's what it has to be. So the guys that we were able to select, select uh, to come and be a part of uh, the Jaguar team, I thought it was a perfect fit. Charles Edmund, I'm sure you're ready for a couple of questions for Coach Dewey. <laughs> hey, Coach Dewey, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Charles? I'm doing great, man. I know this is the first time we've had a chance to talk, but congratulations on on getting the gig. And as you talked about com coming back home, um, this this time of the year is always interesting. The early signing period, and of course, we just got through signing day. How, how much of a whirlwind has this been for you just coming in, hitting the ground running like this? Because I'm sure you've, you've been going 100 miles an hour. Maybe it'll slow down to 65 now that you've got through signing period, or maybe not because you're still trying to you're still trying to lay some foundation. So talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, uh, I, I pride myself on always being able to recruit. So having to come in and, and, and hit the ground running, I didn't think it was a huge adjustment because that's something that I do regardless of what. I'm going to always recruit because that's what's something I love doing. And I, I know that's the uh, nature of this business right here. But uh, I don't look for it to slow down. I think recruiting is 24-7 during the 65 days of the year. Yeah, we have to uh, go within the confines of the rules or what the uh, uh, NCAA uh, requires to do. But we're always going to have our hand uh, on the pedal for it when it comes down to recruiting. So uh, it, it hasn't been a huge change. Uh, I've always recruited in the state of Louisiana. So... Uh, that was a, a sense of normalcy for me. And, and the guys that I was able to get outside the state, uh, I've always uh, uh, spoke with those guys. And again, it's about relationships. And I think we built some great relationships throughout uh, Louisiana, throughout the states. So uh, it's been pretty good for us. And we're just going to continue to recruit to uh, assess the needs uh, that Southern University needs. Coach, uh, boy, good questions in. Uh, it says, can you ask Coach Doolin, is he done recruiting for 2022? And is he looking for more uh, players in, in the portal? And if so, what positions do you look, uh, do you need help in filling in? In other words, are you still recruiting for this class? And I've seen already, you, you and your staff, you're, you're already looking into uh, 2023. Yeah, you know, I, I, you never turn your, 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 your collar down to recruiting. I think you always recruit. Uh, but when you take a look at what we were able to bring in, uh, I think we're ready to go. I think we can uh, uh, fill those plugs in with the guys that we were able to sign and, and, and look forward to be uh, very, very competitive in this uh, upcoming season. So uh, it, it's kind of like a two-fold question. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm completed, but I never, I never stop uh, recruiting. Uh, just the nature in me, I'm always going to look at guys. Uh, you're always looking to get better. Uh, but right now, we can uh, we can load this wagon up, and I think we can compete on all levels. Visiting with Coach Eric Dooley, head football coach at Southern University here on the Coles Brown Show. Uh, coach, we're going to switch gears, but it's still football. Uh, 2022 football schedule is, was released uh, this week, and uh, we, we've got the graphic for everyone to put up, and uh, we, we're going to kind of get your thoughts on uh, nice picture there, Coach, uh, on the schedule. Uh, <laughs> your, your, your thoughts about the, the 2022 uh, football schedule? 
Uh, well, you, you look at it, it's, it's going to be challenging always because when you think about what we have in our conference, our conference is a very, very competitive conference, so it's always going to be challenging. But when you take the, uh, the looks of uh, uh, LSU, the second week of the, the, the season, right here in Baton Rouge, uh, that's going to be challenging within itself. You're talking about two new coaches coming to, uh, to Baton Rouge. Uh, get a chance mm -hmm. to uh, face off uh, the second week of uh, uh, se September. Uh, but then you talk about the uh, Florida Memor Memorial. I know it's a new uh, team, but you, you know that they're going to be ready to go to play at Southern University. I think when uh, teams play Southern University, they're going to be at their best. Uh, they have an opportunity to play against a team such as Southern University. So I love the schedule. Uh, I, I like the fact that we have five home games. It, it couldn't come at a better time. You're talking about a uh, – not new to the area, but a new head coach uh, to get a chance to play five home games. Uh, you couldn't ask for a better schedule. So very challenging schedule, a schedule that I look forward to playing out. And uh, I'm sure that uh, I know that the Jazz will be ready to go. And coach, when you look at the first conference game, Texas Southern University in Arlington Classic, then uh, yeah, get ready when uh, <laughs> you go back to Prairie View <laughs> in, in, in October. Uh, you'll probably get a lot of questions about how do you feel about this coach. But if I know Coach Dooley, he's going to be more concerned about having his team prepared. And then, of course, you have FAMU. All Corn State comes back again. And uh, then Jackson State, Coach, that's on October 29th, my birthday. I know that will be a great present for me with a win there and then you got fam you so uh conference is what it is and i'm sure you guys will be uh up for the challenge absolutely you know uh i'll just have to be honest with you right now the only uh concern that i have right now is florida memorial that's the first game yes, sir. I, I'm, I'm i'm my my thing is just to go one and oh uh you know what's uh behind us in front of us i has no major concern when we get there uh we'll be ready to go at that point but right now we just need to go one and zero right now. We just need to go one and zero in this spring right here to have a successful spring uh, practice that's that's starting off right now with the winter conditioning. So uh, those things are very very important. But uh, we have a very uh, uh, veteran staff that understand what what's important right now. We always take the acronym of win. You know, everybody think win. You say win win. No, what's important now? What's important right now is getting these Jaguars ready to uh, compete. And uh, we will be ready to go. Um, spring practice, um, March 16th. What uh, are you looking at as far as getting your team ready and are there goals to be accomplished in spring football? To, to get them ready to play uh, our brand of football, and that's going to be 60 minutes, uh, playing fast and physical. Uh, our, our strength coach are getting them going right now. Those guys have been going for the last – two and a half weeks, so uh, they understand what we're looking for, and that's to play fast. But also, I, I, I do understand playing fast, but you got to be physical as well. You know, I was brought up under playing 60 minutes of football, so uh, those guys are getting prepared for us, so we're looking for to make sure that those guys can pick up our system, uh, play it the way that we want to play, and, uh, and, and have fun at, at playing because that's what it's all about, having fun. Charles, I'm going to defer to you for uh, a couple more questions for Coach Dooley. Well, well, Coach, you know, obviously, you know, the swag has changed a little bit. I mean, I see you got the late Eddie Robinson behind you, and we all know what's going on at Grambling and the talk. Hugh Jackson is what he's got there. 
and the recruiting and the NIL stuff, all corn coming coming to you. Talk a little bit about you know what you see in this in this Western division because you know for me and all corn, you got a new quarterback. Trigger man's not there. Uh, obviously, we signed a quarterback and a guy from Tech, Aaron Allen. It's going to be an interesting Western division. Talk a little bit about that. Just just the race, Grambling retooling, Alcorn retooling, Southern retooling. Talk about the you know just just the race overall and the competition, the wild wild west, as, as I like to call it. And I'm sure you you probably think about it as well. You know, uh, the West has always been like that. I've always every uh, all my my career I've been on the West, so it, it always been uh, very very challenging on the West. So nothing has changed. It has gotten better. Uh, you know, to play on the West, you, you're going to have to win some football games. Uh, you know, back uh, coming up with uh, the Pete Richardson uh, era, uh, you lose one game on the West, you're pretty much out. Uh, so it's still the same thing right now. It's still competition at its best right now. So I look forward to it. Uh, I think that's how it should be. It should be very, very competitive. Uh, but, you know, the whole comp- conference is very competitive. So uh, I look forward to it. The West, I, I do know that Alcorn is on this side right here. Uh, uh, they're a very challenging uh, team, a uh, team that used to winning, accustomed to winning championships. Uh, then when you take the likes of a, of a Grambling, now you got Prairie View that, that, that's in the, uh, in the conversation as well. Uh, then you take a look at Texas Southern. Those guys been playing some exciting, exciting football. Uh, and then not to uh, mention um, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. So, uh, we know how, uh, we got our work cut out for us, but uh, that, that's how it should be. Uh, so I look forward to the challenge uh, on the West as well as the East. What well, I, hey, I know, Coach, you're a uh, – oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Well, well I was going to ask you about the quarterback position there at Southern. You're, you're, you're known as a quarterback developer. Ken Kincaid at Grambling, Jalen Morton at Prairie View, Pass at Prairie View. When you look at your team, Southern University, how do you see this quarterback position playing out for for your team? What are you What are you looking at there? Well, you, you, we got a guy uh, in um, Bubba McDaniel's. He he was here. Uh, young man plays some some good football. Uh, he's going to have opportunity as well. Uh, we brought in a young man uh, by the name of Deshaun McCray. I uh, feel very very good about uh, these guys that that can come out and see what they're going to be able to do this spring right here as completing we had a freshman in uh the young man blood so we got three capable quarterbacks that are here uh we're going to see how it's going to pan out and then we have one that's going to come in uh in the fall that we were able to sign as well so uh, i feel good about the uh competition at the quarterback ranks uh the guys that what they can bring to the table now it's up to us to coach them up you know the talent is there now we just got to coach them up and, and and get them ready to play some exciting football Coach Julie, what will be the ultimate uh, criteria for you to choose who starts? I know it's going to be one in practice. Is there anything particular that you're going to be looking at for, say, maybe who uh, can have command of the offense the best? Well, you, you can say that because uh, everybody has different styles. You know, when you say command of the offense, you got some guys that are vocal. You got some guys that that's not vocal but short on the field. So, uh, we're just looking for the guy that can come in and uh, grasp this offense and, 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 and have it playing at a high level. That's what it's all about. Uh, I think uh, in all three of those guys that I mentioned, those guys can uh, make the throws. They can run the offense. They can do the things that I love doing for us, the RPOs. Uh, and so many different things that comes in. Uh, I feel I got a guy that's coaching that position that 
that can demand the best out of all three of those guys. So I look forward to the to the to the to the challenge, to the competition. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, but I do know whoever takes the helm at the quarterback be ready to go and going to play some exciting football and, and and win some games for the Jaguars. And coach, um, the last time we talked to you, you hadn't quite yet finished out your staff. Now uh, you have talk, talk about uh, your staff and, and man, it is so important to have, you know, good people around you that, that you know, and you can trust and, and, and help you, uh, run a football program, but talk talk about the, the the staff now since it's complete. Yeah, I'm excited about the staff that I was able to assemble here. Uh, I think it's uh, they're very challenging uh, for these guys right here that I was able to bring in. When you bring in the likes of uh, Terrence Graves, that's been around the conference for uh, so many years, uh, won a lot of championships. Uh, they're very knowledgeable of the position. Uh, he's coming in as the uh, assistant head coach. Uh, linebackers coach and special team coordinator. So I'm very excited to have him. And then you talk about a uh, Heron Miller. Uh, he and I have been around for a long time as well uh, as a defensive coordinator. Very familiar with this area. Uh, so mm -hmm. uh, I, I got so many guys that, you know, uh, that I can just go on and on about when you talk about uh, uh, Demarcus. Uh, I, I'll have to say the whole name, Demarcus Boo Boo Miller. Uh, coming back <laughs> to uh, uh, coach, uh, the interior of the defensive line along with a, a very, very passionate uh, Lee Allen Clark that's going to coach the ends. So I'm excited about that. And, and then you bring a guy that 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 also well known in the swag as well, Sean Wallace, uh, to uh, rip the uh, defensive secondary. So I'm very excited about what we bring on the defense side of the ball. And then you go to talk about the offense, uh, talking about another guy that's very, very well known at uh, with the Jaguar folks, uh, Daniel Nivens, that's going to coach the offensive line, uh, had opportunity to come back. And then you're talking about Chris Brown that was here but played within the same offense right here. So he does understand the offense. Uh, bring the young man, uh, Devin, uh, uh, Devin Fossilman. Uh, he was with me at Prairie View, our coastal receivers this past year. Uh, they're familiar with it. His brother played here. Uh, so he grew up uh, a Jaguar, basically. Uh, then we bring a guy, uh, Fusilet. Uh, Dre Fusilier, that coach uh, in this conference, uh, coached at that other school that's up north, uh, that's in the same state of Louisiana. So he's very familiar in his offense, played in this offense. And then, you know, the, the, the top it off uh, with the guy, uh, Jonathan uh, Williams. Man, I'm very excited about him as well. Uh, I had an opportunity to coach him in this offense. Uh, he played quarterback in this offense, so he understands it well and understands what I'm looking for. And, and then uh, right now, uh, I'm the signal caller. But I'm, I'm going to call it, but, you know, got so many guys on this side of the ball that's capable of calling this offense as well. So I'm excited about the, the mixture that we brought to the table uh, with, the, with the coaching staff and then uh, a guy who uh, really is my director of football operation as well as my recruiting coordinator in uh, Rick Jackson, and he has an assistant as well in Earl Mackey. So I'm excited what we have right now. Uh, Everything looked good on paper in black and white. Now it's time to put it together, get on the field, and, and get those X's and O's. But, the, you know, it still come down to uh, the players. You know, we talk about a lot of X's and O's, but you don't have the Jimmys and Joes. None of that can work. So I'm excited. I feel good about what we were, what we were able to uh, get together uh, to, to, to lead this Jaguar football team. So now it's time to go to work. 
And, and coach, you're talking about going to work. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> as you phrase it, the school of North, uh, you have a lot of schools that are coming into Louisiana because it's a rich, uh, as far as talent wise, in Louisiana. Said that to say this, 2023, I mean, it's nonstop. Now you're already looking at 2023, and in some cases I see 2024 for uh, some of the football programs. Um, your early analysis of 2023, uh, a bumper crop for your, in your recruiting areas? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I always like, I do reach out and look forward to uh, class of 2023. I think it's very important, but you know, right now, I think what's important now is the guys right now, what can we assemble? You know, it's a new era when you talk about college football. So you got to make sure that you, you don't go out and uh, offer guys uh, that cannot come in and help you because you don't know what your needs are going to be because of the landscape of college football right now. Uh, I do love what we have coming back. I, I think we have a, a team that, that are young, that is young. Uh, and that got to, to right now grow together, and and I feel real good about it. But we're gonna we're gonna beat the bushes. That's no question about it. I love recruiting. I've always recruited the state of Louisiana, so how north from from south to north. So it doesn't matter uh, what's going to take place right there. And then I recruited outside of the state of Louisiana, so I feel good about uh, what we have on our board. I'm very very challenging. I challenge the coaches to go out and and fill their room. Because uh, you got to be able to fill your room to compete. Uh, so that's on all aspects. So I, I love where we are right now. I love where the Jaguars are at right now and what we can bring to the table. Coach, a couple more questions. Uh, Kyle, say, what's your biggest challenge to success right now? Talent or what? What was the last part of that question? Talent or fine? What was it, Charles? Funding. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I'm excited to be back here in this. Uh, you know, we got a lot of guys that uh, that I had the opportunity to coach, and uh, Coach Grave had the opportunity to coach, and, and they're willing and able to do some things to to help this program. Uh, of course, there's always a need. Uh, uh, I think uh, I, I say Coach Banks, but let me say it in, in perspective. A.D. Banks, is, he's doing a great job to make sure that we have what what is needed to uh, to run a successful program. So I uh, I don't get into uh, the the uh the money aspect i just need to get on that football field and coach what i can do best right there and i think the rest is going to take care of itself uh i feel good about what ad banks is doing for us and 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 i'm very very confident that we have what what's needed to be successful and speaking we got another one uh coach and we appreciate the time we'll, we're, we're going to wrap it up with you um I, I say mr greathouse uh darren said ask him about jason greathouse and um Tremendous junior college player of the year. Uh, what does his impact have on, on Southern University's uh, 2022 recruiting class? Uh, it's a huge impact. It, 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 it's a start of what we want to bring back to Jaguar uh, Nation. That's Dog Day D. Uh, so that's part of that right there. You know, we have a young man that's already here in uh, Jordan Lewis that did some exciting things. Uh, uh, Audrey that's doing some exciting things with the other guy with magnitude of a, a great house. I, I think it, it, it only gets better. So, uh, and not just a uh, great house, you know, some other guys that we got here, that's going to uh, come up and to, to, to make sure that that dog day D is there. Uh, just can't give the name. You got to earn that name. So 
we do understand that. But a guy of that magnitude uh, to get after the quarterback like he does, uh, uh, I can't wait. I- I'm excited. I'm an offensive guy, but I can't wait to to sit back and see him <laughs> his ear back and go get that guy, go get the quarterbacks. <laughs> They're very excited about what we plan on, on doing. I-, I know Coach Miller excited as well uh, with the tools that he have to uh, be able to go out there and display uh, the defense and get them going. So uh, that's what it's all about, getting guys that, that can uh, compete and guys that are going to play at a high level for us. Well, Coach, uh, appreciate the time. We probably could go in another 30 minutes, but I'm respectful of your time here on a Saturday. Um, you and the family uh, continue to be blessed and be safe and um, get ready for spring football that's coming. And, and it's interesting, Coach, football now is uh, 12 months of the year. There's never a, a, a really a rest period, but um, we appreciate the time coming on the show, and uh, we look forward to this upcoming 2022 uh, football season. Absolutely. I, I'm excited. Uh, my wife always told me that football was 365 days of the year because I never stopped. Uh, I think you can't stop because it's a challenging, it's very, very challenging out there, especially where our conference is right now. I think we got the best conference in all the FCS, so you got to be ready to go, but uh, we will be ready to go, and I, I like to end it off by saying go Jags. Go Jags. That's a great phrase. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me. Look forward to it. All right. That was Coach Eric Dooley, head football coach at Southern University. Uh, we're going to take a quick time out. We're going to be talking more about the 2022 uh, Southern Signees with Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. But coming up next, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk some Southern University uh, basketball, Southern University at home against uh, Alabama A&M today, this evening, and then Monday night, Alabama State. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today 
Don't delay. Call Cuvée. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I, I see you guys are smiling. I wonder why. We're now going to talk about swag basketball with uh, Coach oh, Van Pettaway here on the Carlos Brown Show. It's uh, now we can say good afternoon. Coach, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing fine, Carlos. How are you doing today? I, I, I'm doing well, Coach, but, uh, man, I don't know. Maybe because I'm getting older. I, man, it's cold. It's cold, uh, and, and I couldn't be in St. Louis or Huntsville where I know it's it's a bit colder than Baton Rouge. Well, it's only, it's only about 24 degrees. It's not that bad. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh no. No, 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 no. Carlos, no, I, I'll speak huh? I'll say this, Carl. Every time I go to Huntsville, Alabama, it's cold. Every yep. single time. It never fails. In the spring, yep. in the summer, it's cold. Definitely in yep. October when we play any football, it's cold. It's always cold in Huntsville. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the, the first time I, I was able to, uh, to go to Huntsville, it was a football game, and uh, Coach Richardson was the coach, and uh, Southern was favorite. And I want to say it was Alabama and them's homecoming. Quarterback rushed for almost 200 yards. Alabama and him <laughs> won the football game, and uh, the memory of Coach Richardson after you know after the game, just sitting there, look, he, he looked stunned, just literally. <laughs> and, and so, but a beautiful campus, very beautiful. And, and uh, Coach Petaway, I got a chance to uh, meet the late great Ike Rooks. Oh wow. yeah, that, that's that's yeah. a beautiful campus. Had a tour. I mean, hey. I had any kids and they had an opportunity to go, I wouldn't have a problem. Right. Attending beautiful. Alabama and M. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, coach, we talked about last week Jackson State women, and uh they're doing well. They were able to defeat Southern University. They're still undefeated in the uh, conference. On the men's side, we've got kind of a jam at the top. What how how, how do you see so far with this? Uh, race both on the women's and the men's side in, in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Well, well, on the women's side, I just think it, uh, Jackson State's doing an awesome job down there. But, you know, Southern, you, you guys are still in there, so it, it's not over. It, it's going to be a big uh, matchup this weekend. Uh, I think with our Alabama and them women coming into Southern, that's going to be a big game if Southern wants to stay close to Jackson State. But Jackson State, they look strong, man. Their women are playing – extremely well uh they got multiple people that are contributing and i just think it's going to be a tough out for uh the women to catch uh jackson state the tigers are really rolling they're on a roll right now and then on the men's side man i i really like this i i like uh the the balance that that the league is showing right now 
You're talking about uh, four to five teams. You got five different teams that could win this championship. Uh, I think that um, the race is so close. It's going to come down to that last weekend before we have a real champion because there's no clear-cut favorite like we've had in the last two or three years where Prairie View jumped out there and, and they were able to, to maintain their, their lead up until the end. Well, you're not seeing that right now. There's no, there's more parity. And uh, we better keep our eye on Florida a and now. I got a chance to see them live. Uh, they got a good squad. They got a good squad. Coach McClellan, he's doing, uh, he's doing a great job. I got a chance to talk to him before the, uh, the game. And uh, he, he had his game plan ready to things that the success that he was looking for that night against Alabama A&M, it came to fruition because all he wanted to do was slow down the big two for A&M, and he felt like he could get out of there. They did that, and uh, they, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. And that's why for this week, that game against Texas Southern, that's going to be my game of the week on the men's side because that's a big game. You, you, you're talking about uh, number two versus number four, and that's going to go up. That game will, will say a lot about this race, uh, this conference race on the men's side. On the women's side, uh, Jackson State, of course, 9-0 and zero on a nine-game winning streak. Uh, Southern 7-2. and two. They're on a uh, one-game losing streak. And that, and that was a big one, um, Coach Petaway. Southern went toe-to-toe with Jackson State women. And if I'm right. not mistaken, this is the smallest uh, margin of victory in their current nine-game winning streak. So, they don't play again. If they do meet, it will have to be in the swag basketball tournament. Right. And that, that's a long time off because there's a lot of basketball that has to be played prior to that. And uh, Southern, they've, uh, Coach Francis, they've just got to keep keep playing. they got to play with consistency. That's why today's game is a big game against Alabama and them because they've won four in a row, so they're on the roll. And he's got to be able to hold serve on home court. He's at home. He's got a whole serve. This is a big weekend for the A&M women because playing Southern and Gramlin, uh, they've got to come out on top. They got they got to at least split. Uh, you know, Gramlin's not doing as well this year, but they really need to beat teams that are at the top. And Southern's the next team in line. They got to be ready to play this afternoon. So, Coach Petaway and Charles. Uh, we talked about it, and we use Alabama a and for example, and Alabama State. Ideally, they want to they split th- this Saturday Monday, correct? Well, n- on a normal circumstance, you want to squ- uh, split. But because Jackson State is so far out, Alabama a and they need to sweep. This is their weekend. If they want to stay in this race, if they got any hopes of trying to win this thing, they, they – they already have three losses. They cannot afford another one. Yeah, six and three, six and three, Alabama A&M, six and three, Alabama State. But my question to, to Charles and, and Coach Petaway, you continue to try to, to, to play well. Of course, that's what you want to do. But in reality, Jackson State undefeated, two-game lead over Southern University. Isn't it also an, an important not only to continue to try to catch Jackson State, but playful positioning for the Southwestern Athletic Conference tournament. Right. Everybody now should be trying to fight to get away from Jackson State 
uh, in that tournament unless they're going to meet them in a championship. And to do that, you got to get to that number two seed. So that that's what that's what a battle's going to come in. That that's why Southern's got to continue. That's why A and M already with three losses. That's why they can't afford to lose any more ball games. Uh, this is a crucial weekend. If you're going to sweep on the road, this will be the weekend that they would have to try to come away with a sweep. Charles, how how tough of an assignment will that be? Um, I think it's doable, um, but. You know, with 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 I think Southern uh, Southern obviously had a tough deal at Jackson State. I mean, that's that's Jackson State's playing in a whole other stratosphere right now. And we talked about it in the last hour. You got Amisha Williams who can just get twenty points and twenty rebounds anytime she gets ready. But when you collapse on her, you got other shooters that can that can that can make you pay as well. That's what makes Jackson State uh, so so dangerous. I do think positioning is important because in the tournament you got the one eight, you got the four five brackets. Yeah. You got all that going on. I think it's important. I think it's important, Coach Petaway, for me just to continue to play well and stay healthy. Yep. I right. Mean, you know, once we haven't talked about the last couple, three weeks is COVID and these games getting canceled and postponed and forfeit and all that. You don't want that. We haven't had that. Knock on wood. Let's continue. You know, our, our women's team had to deal with it, and I had to deal with it recently. But uh, let's just hope the games continue to get played and teams continue to get better. And Carlos, I talked about this too. You know, I said this three weeks ago. Let's see what happens three weeks later as teams kind of get their get their mojo. I think you're seeing that clearly as Jackson State and everyone else right now. I do think Southern's the best team, but you can't take away Dorianna Lewis and Alabama A and M. I mean, she got injured right. in the Alcorn game, um, but it looks like she's bounced back nicely. Dorianna Lewis is probably one of the most active bigs in this conference. Active, athletic, can run the floor, can, it goes a thousand miles an hour. I think she could be a tough matchup when her motor's going right. So I, I do think there's some small storylines in terms of positioning, but uh, you know, clearly to me, I think if if A and M continues to play well, Southern continues to play well, I think that battle for number two is still going to be an interesting race to me. Yep, yep, and, I agree. And, 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 and then the other thing that you uh, – Nigeria Jones for Alabama A&M, she, she's on a roll right now. She's playing well. I think she's led them in scoring the last three games. So uh, they, they're in a good uh, – physically, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty healthy right now. Mentally, I think they're strong. This is going to be a very interesting game today at, in, in, uh, in Louisiana. So, guys, if we can group at Southern – 72 Alabama AM game back. Alabama State 63 in conference game back uh, of, of second place. Arkansas Pine Bluff and then Grandma State and Texas Southern all five and four, two games back. So that group, we'll see how they continue to play. Now, on the men's side, you know, from a competitive standpoint, and you, you got to love it. Southern and FAMU tied. Grandma State 72. Yeah. 72, FAMU on a seven-game winning streak. Grandma State on a five-game winning streak. Texas Southern, six and three on a three-game winning streak. And then Alcorn, six and three. So Southern, FAMU, Grandma State, Texas Southern, and Alcorn State all vying for that top position. As Coach Petaway stated earlier, I think it's going to come down to the to the last, <laughs> last week, guys. Right. And you see that? that you know, that, that's good for basketball. That's good for the SWAC because that means that we're going to see the best every time these kids hit the floor because 
all of them, all these coaches in, in the top five can let their kids know we can still win this. We're in it. So nobody's out of it right now. So I, I think that's good motivation for your kids. And uh, we're, we're going to be, we're going to see some great basketball down the stretch. Coach, Coach Pedro, I got a question for you. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, Carlos. No, yeah, no, go ahead. I'm going to ask you, Coach Petaway, the surprise of two teams, FAMU, you talked about it, and Alcorn. We were picked to finish near the bottom of the conference. And now, right. you know, we, we, we were right there, had a chance to be in first place. Are you surprised at FAMU and what they've been able to do? And are you surprised at what Alcorn has been able to do? Well, I was surprised about Alcorn until – I saw him in person. When I saw what, what Coach got him doing defensively, that's the reason why they're winning. They're, they're winning because of their defense. They're getting things. They're getting easy shots. Uh, they're making the game simple by applying pressure on the defensive end, and they're forcing turnover, live ball turnovers, and they're scoring a lot of their points that way, and that's great. And for me to see FAMU this past weekend, to me, he just has a solid team. He's got a solid team. Uh, he, he can go at least eight deep on that team. And we got two teams that nobody picked them to be in the top four, and, and they're battling. So they have overcome the odds. They got their teams focused, and, and they both teams are mentally ready to accept this challenge. And it's going to be a great stretch run. Texas Southern uh, at, at FAMU and then Prairie View at FAMU. After Monday, Coach, will yep. will FAMU have a nine-game <laughs> – let me make sure I get it right – a nine-game conference winning streak? I, I, I don't know if he can if he can handle both of those heavyweights in, in the same, on the same team. <laughs> uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, but playing at home, they, they might have an advantage now. They might have an advantage. Um, that You know, that, that game against Bethune-Cookman will help one of the teams – because it should not be as aggressive as FAMU. FAMU is a very aggressive team. It, it, it reminds me of one of the old Alcorn State teams where they got a bunch of af uh, athletes. They really get after you. They do a pretty good job on the defensive end. So uh, if you have not seen them, you're going to enjoy watching them play. Coach, put you, put you on the spot, Charles. You can jump in as well. As of right now, who's the better – Who's the best men's basketball team? Is it Southern or is it FAMU? I, I'm going to still say Southern right now. I I, I, uh, I guess I've, I've watched them more than any other team in the league. I think Southern, if they can stay away from injuries, they can stay away from this COVID, I think they're, they're, the, they're a better team right now. But FAMU is not that far behind. Charles, after hearing the uh, Southern Alcorn game and after watching FAMU, I agree with Coach Petaway. Right now, I'm going to give, just because of experience as well yep. in this thing, yep. I'm going to give a slight edge to Sean Woods and Southern University. Yep. I'll, I'll give that. I, I mean, for them to come back against Alcorn, a tough defensive-minded team. They were 11 down, and they came back and grabbed the lead um, in one of the toughest places in the conference, the Whitney Arena. And, and it was rocking in there, by the way, last Saturday. The band was there playing loud. So I'm going to give Southern the edge right now. 
Right. And see, Charles, when you, when, yeah, now, Charles, when you talk about rocking, that I, I even said this on air last week. I had goosebumps from this past weekend at A&M. We finally had a crowd. You, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm used to the atmosphere at Elmore being to the point where it, it helps the team. And it did. It motivated the, the men's team in both games. Uh, you know, they, they gave FAMU a run for their money. They were in that game right up until the end. And then, of course, they pulled away from Bethune-Cookman. And that, to me, a lot of it had to do with the atmosphere. It was so loud in there. The, the, the students came out, and uh, I, the band was there for the first time in two years. And uh, it, it was a great atmosphere. It reminded me of the old days back when, when I was still on the sideline. And, and I think if they could just keep that energy going, it'll really help the men's team because they're struggling right now. They, they, they're, they're not playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, after watching them for this homestand, they're not playing with a lot of confidence. They're last in the league in uh, field goal percentage and then in scoring. Uh, so they have a lot on their plate. But if we can get back to all over the SWAC, if we can get our home courts back, that's what basketball and SWAC basketball is all about. And and I've, I've lived it. I've seen it in both places. Uh, I used to feel going down to Alcorn playing in there because of the atmosphere. And the same thing at Southern. You know, uh, you know, with that band, you know, you, I, I, my ears will be ringing two days later after I leave there uh, <laughs> from, from that band. But uh, getting, seeing fans in the stands and fans cheering for the home team, that's what I like seeing. And, and I hope we can see more of that down the stretch. Yeah, it, it, it will be a, a good thing. FAMU and Texas Southern on NBA TV, that, 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 that's really – uh, good in, as far as exposure. They've got a couple of games on ESPNU and NBA uh, TV. Um, before I get to the recap of uh, last week's women's and men's basketball game, I'm going to throw out another on-the-spot question. Who will end up being number two in the seedings on the women's side, Charles and Coach Petaway? Pick one. Who, who's it going to be? I'm gonna go with I'm I'm gonna go with Southern University. Yep, I think yep. Southern University um, just, just up tempo style. I mean, this is a different temp, different style that I've seen from Southern University this year than what I've seen in, in years past. And maybe because this is Coach Punches' team now that Coach Pugh's moved on uh, to Prairie, but Southern's a lot more to me up tempo. It's not like. 49-48. They they're getting the ball up the floor and they're scoring points. And I think I think that plays to Southern style. So I think if Southern can get up and down and defend a little bit, I think they could give Jackson State a little run for their money. So I think right now to me Southern is a clear number 2. Well, I I, I really wanted this weekend to get over with before I made a decision because to me that's why I, no, I'm serious. I think it's a big weekend because you got both mm -hmm. you got A and M and State coming in on on Southern, and this this could make or break Southern. You know, if if, if uh, one of these teams or if both of these teams were to come into Baton Rouge and 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 win that game, that's going to put Southern in a big hole that they might not be able to climb out of. But I, I agree with what Charles is saying right now. They might be playing better than any of the other two teams, uh, even though they they're coming off a loss. But playing at home is going to really help them. So I, I would go with Charles on this one that Southern uh, is the number two seed right now. 
Well, it, it's going to be interesting because we know we have a clear-cut uh, favorite, but on any given day, night, that could change. And, and you know, March Madness is, is coming up, and you can really see some upsets even in the conference tournament championship or, or conference tournament week. You, you, you can see uh, some, some upsets. Uh, last week, uh, Saturday, January 29th, on the women's side, Texas Southern, a defeated Prairie View and him 91 to 77 last week uh, after the show, I was kind of going back and looking at uh, some of the comments and, and some people, and I'll put this to, to you guys, um, coach Pugh at Prairie View and M has the magic worn off. Is her welcome now getting a little bit, is her seat getting warmer? Uh, what, what is your, what are your thoughts about coach Pew, much success at Southern University, but uh, has, quite honestly, struggled at Prairie View and m Well, I think they need to give her time to get her own. Uh, you got to go through a recruiting class, and I don't think that's happened yet. So uh, her seat might be getting a little warm, but they got to be patient. Um, she doesn't have the same everything that she had when she was at Southern. So I think the prayer, the Panther fans just got to be patient and give her an opportunity because I personally think she's one of the, she's a good coach. You know, I think it, she's got to get the right personnel in there to play the way she wants to play. And I just think they just need to give, give her a, a chance. You think, Charles, the success at Southern is kind of uh, got the Prairie View fans thinking, why not that success early on? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Um, you know, you have a championship-level coach in Sandy Pugh going to another program that's won championships in Prairie View. Um, I, I, I get it. Um, I, I do think that in, in watching, uh, especially the Alcorn Prairie View game, when Coach Pugh wasn't there because she's in COVID-19 protocols, uh, I think they have – I don't think they have all their pieces. I do think, you know, what Coach Petaway said, it's a little bit – they're a little bit underwhelmed right now. Uh, I don't think they have everything they need right now. The pieces aren't fitting. Now, they got Alcorn transfer and Curtis Clark, who's a good scorer, uh, that will give them some offense. But they're missing two or three pieces. And I think uh, for them, I think it's going to take another year or two. I know for Prairie View fans, they don't want to hear that. But I think that's what it's going to take. And I understand because that's a championship program. What what the Coach Cooper did over there, Coach uh uh, Coach Toyle, uh, the lady over there that's uh, now at SMU. I mean, that program's won, and they're not they're not there right now. I just hope the the, the pair of you faithful give Coach Pugh some more time, and uh, I do think in a couple of years she'll have what she needs, and then I think she'll be off to the races. But right now, all the pieces just aren't fitting, and I don't think she has enough pieces anyway. And Carlos, I think a lot of the noise is because they lost to their rival. You know, they, mm -hmm. you know, they lost to Texas Southern. So, you know, our fans, they're more up in arms when you lose to your rival than any other team anyway. So I, I think that that's part of it. They they just don't want Texas Southern beating them in anything. It can be marble, marbles. They don't want them winning. So uh, I think that, that, bring, that brought some attention to it also because of who they lost to. Well, those are important points by both of you guys uh, to kind of stress patience. And sometimes that is uh, 
something difficult for most people. That's that's something I have to learn, guys, to uh, to to work on being more patient. Can you believe that, Charles? I mean, I still think they, they would they would work they would work for you. They would work for you as a director of athletics quicker than me. Uh, maybe I could get Patience Coach Pettaway hired on. <laughs> yeah. And see, a smart yeah. person knows if that's something they need to work on. That's what they right. have to work on. And, uh, and speaking, um, let me just ask you this, Coach Pettaway, uh, with the success Jack the State has had in football, baseball, Coach Omar Johnson, Coach Sanders, Coach Reed, on the women's side, is Coach Brent in a tough position as men's yes, basketball coach a, at Jackson State? Right. He, he's in a tough position because the other teams are so successful. And their fans, they want to see the same success across the board. You know, they, they did pretty decent in baseball. We all know about, about football, that women are winning. So, yeah, it, it's the pressure because the other programs are well, are doing well. They want to see all programs having the same type of success. So I think, yes, the pressure is there on Coach Brent, but I think as long as he's got a – I think his team still leads the SWAC in deep, in total defense. So as long as he's, he stays true to what he's been doing and get him a couple more players in there, I, I think he'll be all right. If he can weather this storm, I, I don't know uh, any details about his contract, but if he's not close to the end of his contract, he might have a chance to turn it around. I want to say, Charles, maybe this year, December this year, is his last year on his contract. I'll, I'll uh, make sure if that that is the, the case, but that's what I thought. I mean, I, I remember him signing a one-year extension. So with that being said, we, we kind of hope he's able to uh, kind of, you know, turn it around and, and finish strong. In the in the regular season, and maybe you know do uh, do well in the tournament. Well, we, we we talked about the surprising teams, the Allcorns and the mm-hmm. FAMUs of the world. But then you flip that script. What about the most disappointing team? I think clearly is Jackson State, and I don't think anyone oh, thought yeah. they would fall off fall off the cliff like like they have. I mean, they they they're a really physical team. They've got a physical interior, and uh, they got. They got a USM transfer, Gabe Watson, who can knock down shots. They got McKinnis on the inside. So they've got the pieces to be more successful, but they just haven't been. I don't know if they recovered from the, from the COVID early in the year. They got a little run going, but that but that Florida trip really knocked a lot of life out of them, and I don't know if they've recovered from it. And they got to wake up because it's not going to be easy facing Caleb Hunter. You're facing two of the top ten scores over at Pine Bluff Monday. It's not going to be easy for uh, for Jackson State going forward. And if they keep falling off the cliff, they keep struggling, they may not make the tournament. And so you go from one extreme to the next to being one of the top teams one year to maybe not even making a tournament. I think that's going to that's gonna really be a gut punch to a lot of the JSU fans. Yeah, that's going to well, be great. Go ahead, Coach. No, no, no. I'm saying I, I agree with Charles that uh, Jackson State would be one of the team would be the team that I felt – uh, is underachieving this year. I, I, I had higher hopes for them doing it this year, and m- most of mine was based on uh, Coach Brent, his defensive philosophy. So I felt like mm-hmm. he would be in all the games that that he's in, and then you you bringing it. You got the, the one of the top players in the lead in McKinney. So I thought that you know they would be in the mix also. So uh, he he's his seat's getting a little warm, I think, and and if he can't make the tournament. That's going to even be worse on him. So 
Uh, hopefully he, they can get it turned around, uh, but they still got a lot of basketball that they that's left to be played, and he, he's just got to rally those troops. They got to be ready to play. It's interesting. We talk about in the sport of football, defense win championships. It'll keep you in every ball game, but a basketball coach, it's a little bit different. You can have the best defense, but ultimately, and, and, and look, don't get me wrong, that helps, but you got to be able to put the ball in the hole eventually and um you know offensively it just seems like that's where they've struggled but de- uh defensively they've been uh consistent um today alabama state at grandma state men and women preview and them at bethune cookman texas southern at famu jackson state at mississippi valley alabama and them at southern university and all corner state at arkansas pine bluff monday february the 7th preview and them at famu Texas Southern at Bethune-Cookman, Alabama A&M at Grambling State, Alabama State at Southern, Alcorn State at Mississippi Valley State, and Jackson State at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, Coach Petaway, closing uh, comments about the, this Southwestern Athletic Conference race and this weekend's action. Well, I, I, I'm, uh, I have really enjoyed the teams that I've been able to see live. Uh, I've seen, I have seen it, had an opportunity to see every team so far. And I think uh, there's some great basketball being played in the league. Uh, my hats are off, it's off for all the coaches in our league, both men and women, because, you know, they're, they still have to fight the virus. They're, they're battling against the virus. And at the same time, you still got all the other regular problems that happen with a basketball program that they have to deal with. So I think they're, they're doing an outstanding job. And oh, by the way, that that A and M Grambling game on Monday—that's on ESPNU. Uh, so that's another televised game for the SWAC. And I think uh, anytime we can get our product out there, I think it's good uh, for the uh, for the SWAC. And I'm looking forward to uh, this stretch run. I think uh, we got some great games. I'm looking forward to the game today on uh, on uh, NBA TV, uh, both men and women. And I'm looking forward to just seeing these coaches do their thing. And hopefully the best team will be the one that will represent the SWAC in the tournament this year. On that note, Coach Petaway, have a great rest of your weekend. You and your family continue to be safe and uh, stay blessed. Thank you. Uh, Everybody stay safe and God bless. Thank you, Coach Coach. Petaway. That was Coach Van Petaway here on the Coles Brown Show. We're going to take a quick time out when we come back. Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. Uh, we'll get his take on recruiting across the uh, the conference. Uh, we haven't heard much about Alcorn State, but Charles, what I've seen, they've kind of went to the JUCO level uh, pretty heavily. Um, also I'm from the high school ranks. And then also I, I, I kind of want to get back, and um, maybe we'll have to have Dr. Cavill on the show. Uh, he sent me a piece that he – he had he he wrote for uh, an organization, for lack of a better word, and it goes back to these flipping um, commitments. And Charles, I'm sure I know you were going through a, a situation um, last week or so, but um, it, it got kind of pretty nasty with uh, you know players coming out and committing, and it, it's happened before. This is nothing new. Um, Couple of commits, Grambling uh, were able to flip some uh, football players that were committed to Southern, and then Great House, who 
all alone. I, I think he really played it to his advantage. He ended up flipping, quote unquote, to Gramlin State, then flipping back to Southern, but truth be told, he was always going to Southern University. So with name, uh, images, and likeness now being part, Gramlin State's come out with, uh, 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 they say, the first of its kind for all their student athletes. This is where we're at now. It is in, it, it's part of the recruiting process. So is it now the new wave, the only factor that most student athletes are considering or is it still the traditional way you play for you want to sign for a school you want to sign to play with a guy a coach but now with with these deals in place I, i really feel we've opened up pandora's box in a way and look don't get me wrong student athletes have made millions of dollars millions for the Power Five schools, on the FCS level, not as much, of of course. But I don't want us to become like cannibalistic, turning on each other. And I'll say this: even with the uh, names, images, and likeness, even with that, you heard Coach Dewey kind of basically say, "Look, I, I kind of stay away from that." But we must do the right thing. And for those who's going going to use that as their number one factor, dot your I's and cross your T's. Because history has shown the powers that be, the power fives, if their success on the FCS level in football and and, and the smaller colleges, they're not going to like it. And they're going to try to do something about it, if you get my drift. But anyway, I'll stop right there. We come back from you know, the commercial break, Charles. We'll weigh in, get your take on all of this, and of course, our next guest is Brandon B.J. Jones. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties through its programs: Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter.
the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. That song, We Are One. Yeah, we are one as HBCUs, but on the athletic playing field, it's a different story. We like to uh, be competitive. And um, the way this situation is going in this recruiting, I can't wait, of course, for the Jackson State football game, the FAMU, and last but not least, you know, the Bayou Classic. It is going to be interesting. Can I put in my order for a 60-piece, 50-piece? <laughs> Southern, can they score 50 points of Grandma State? Okay, let's get back. Let's get back focused. Good afternoon, BJ. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Doing pretty good, Carlos. How's it going? I'm going pretty good. Southern's football schedule is out 2022, but a lot of the teams have uh, released their schedule. Still waiting for what? Uh, Alcorn is one, Jackson State, and then also uh, Southern signing class 2022, BJ. Um, what were your thoughts on, on Southern signing class and then um, what other institutions in the conference stood out to you as far as how uh, well they addressed needs versus wants in their recruiting? Well, some of them went in and addressed the needs, man. We, we know that there was a need at the linebacker position. Uh, Coach Dooley and that staff uh, went in and, uh, you know, addressed those needs. You have to transfer uh, from, from Oregon. Also picked up a transfer from Iowa State. Um, so you got guys, if you look at their film, very athletic rangy guys they can run sideline to sideline uh can cover which is big in today's game uh for someone playing the linebacker position uh, you also had had the you know the kid that transferred in from oregon uh, was a running back um in, in high school and oftentimes coach coach graves said it um uh during the during the bash man the best linebackers are guys who have played running back um so uh, this speaks to the athleticism uh, that we were able to prove in, in that position. You saw an entire defensive backfield rebound uh, from Southern. You saw the uh, transfer from Memphis, transfer from Tulane. Uh, you saw some size in the secondary. We, we, we're, we're getting into that uh, six feet uh, plus uh, range, which was something that Southern was missing in the defensive secondary uh, previously, but now you have that. Uh, and then you see that uh, what we're able to do uh, on the defensive line, you know, Trey Lane, Great House, uh, those guys uh, who can rush the passer, uh, which is going to be very important. Um, Southern went in, addressed needs. You saw uh, the quarterback position, uh, Chris Tucker out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, also a couple of junior college guys. Uh, a junior college guy from uh, uh, from the Mississippi Juco ranks from the quarterback position, uh, running back, receiver, so, man, Southern just went in and, and addressed needs. And, then, you know, I, I, I like this, this signing class a lot, like them a lot. And the coaches are very high on them. Um, you saw it if you watched the recruiting bash or you were there in attendance, very high on these guys. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see these guys, uh, once they put on the uniform, what they can do. Yeah, BJ, it was a, a, a mixture. I like how they uh, addressed the defensive side, as you stated. Uh, secondary, uh, they revamped that linebacker core was really, really thin. Uh, they they were able to uh, bring in uh, uh, some linebackers, and, and and you look at the the young man from uh, Oregon, MJ Cunningham. Uh, his his uh, actually Marcus 
Cunningham from Portland, Oregon, University of Oregon, and Butler Community College, about 6'3", 235. And just talking to uh, others, they also not only like his athletic ability, but his his football IQ. I mean, he's going to come in. Sean Davis from Iowa State, uh, a linebacker. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's a, a immediate upgrade as well. And, and when you look at um, uh, another freshman, uh, that they're bringing in Xavier Potts. Wow. Is it the re- reincarnation of DeMarcus Boo Boo Miller, defensive line coach? I mean, he looks like it. He looks six, like it. six foot, powerful, fast. I mean, hey, they were really able to address their needs. And I like the mixture of between high school, the JUCO route, and uh, the transfer portal. Who else in the conference? I, I know it takes you know a, a while to kind of analyze the different institutions, but who else stood out as far as recruiting across the board in the conference? Alabama A&M. Um, I think Connell Boehner learned from that shellacking uh, that they received from Jackson State. And he knew that defensively we can't give up 65 points. Um, Alabama A&M offensively could play with anybody in the country. The problem is defensively, um, defensively they were bad, and, and and they've been bad for a couple of years. This is not a new thing. It's not a new phenomenon. Um, and you saw a lot of recruits uh, on the defensive side of the football, and you saw them go transfer heavy, which means that we got to get better on the defensive side of the football right now. It cannot be a developmental process. We tried the developmental process. We got to get better right now. Um, so, you know, that that was the, the way that they uh, decided to go. We're talking about 30, class, signing class of 38, uh, 30 of them already enrolled in school. Uh, that was big for Alabama A&M. Uh, Jackson State, of course, you know what they did, you know, at the, at the, at the very top of Travis Hunter. And uh, it went transfer heavy um, again. Uh, a lot of nice players over there at Jackson State they were able to bring in. I give Grambling a lot of credit. Grambling brought in a very nice class. Um, mm-hmm. they, they brought in a very nice class. They, you know, addressed some needs that they have. Um, like what they did at the receiver position. Uh, got on the West Coast, got a couple of kids from California. Um, we, we, we saw the back-and-forth battle between Grambling and Southern on a couple of players, and I'm pretty sure that's something that will continue. Um and I think one of the signing classes that people may be overlooking, because I think, you know, those are the classes that jump out, but I think one of the signing classes that people may be overlooking is a good old Alcorn. I mean, it ain't a lot of uh, dazzle and lights and, and, and stars and these other things, but if you go and you turn on the field of the guys, they they went in and signed, they can just straight up just play the game of football. Um, and, and, and that's been the, the Alcorn mantra. Uh, you know, these last couple of years, you know, people talk about what Alcorn does do on signing day, and then you see these same kids in the, in the fall, and they personally put some pretty good football down there on the reservation. Um, so, so those are some of the classes that really jumped out to me. Well, you know, Alcorn State, Charles, I always going to have one eye on them and one eye in Baton Rouge, and uh, you know how I feel about, about Alcorn, but to BJ's point, yeah, I mean, they – they just get it done, and, and and I think the recruiting reflects their coach and their staff. Coach McNair, 
He's not flashy. He just gets things done. And um, I, I think we definitely will have to uh, beware of all corn state, you know, and, you know, no doubt being in the West is, is tough, but all corn will be all corn state. Yeah, when you won six out of the last seven division titles, you've had a, a level of um, I think that that's a lot of getting the kids in. I mean, I, I look at the class. I mean, what stands out to me, we got Aaron Allen, Louisiana Tech uh, transfer. It's going to be interesting to see. And I, I'm going to start with this. You know you mm-hmm. got to have a quarterback to win football games. Just ask Sean McVay and the L.A. Rams. you got to have a quarterback pull trigger. We had the trigger man in Felix Harper. He's gone now. So now you've got to figure out for the first time in like five years who's going to be our starting quarterback. We've known that going in the last few years, but we don't know that right now. So you go out and get it, Aaron Allen. And then you address the needs up front, running back, uh, of course, quarterback. We signed three guys up, four guys up front, a linebacker, running back. So I think we fill the holes but there's still, for us, it's just how these pieces, and I talked with our defensive line coach a couple weeks ago. He's like, we got good kids here, but now we got to make the puzzle pieces fit. And I think that's going to be, you know, the interesting key, starting with the quarterback position, how that's going to work and how the protection is going to be. And how we got to get better up front, too. Remember, our defensive coordinator, Cedric Thorns at Grambling. So there's, there, there's some pieces that we've got to figure out. And even with signing day, we still had a quality class despite – all of that and and i think uh you know for all corn for our fans a little bit of anxiety because the west is wild as we know um and but i think if we continue if we continue to build get our quarterback in here with this system with elliot ratton's system and do well i think you know we'll be right back where we need to be need to be but clearly we got some work to do and it starts with the early signing period which we did well and a very 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 i think solid uh signing class days ago and, and guys and B, bj specifically uh, you kind of look at the wild wild west and you look at you know everyone's gonna look at the quarterback uh position in the west to charles point all corn state they'll be looking to bring you know have a quarterback to, to, to choose from southern in the case you know you have bubba mcdaniel have some young guys behind and blood and bony but they're they're looking to who's going to be established at, at, at quarterback. Um, Prairie View and them, pass is, is going on. I, only one I can think of that's returning, you know, some 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 strength and experience is what? Texas Southern and University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, BJ? Yep. Uh, Connolly from Prairie View has played a little bit also. Okay. Not much, but he's, he's got a little game of time. And then in the East, you know, Shadur Sanders, and FAMU's bringing their quarterback back. So all of that to say quarterback experience, it is important who you have coming back. And, and that's kind of the, the questions I've been getting about who's going to be the trigger man for Southern Southern University. But I, I, I think they're going to be all right. And I, and, I, and I really believe Coach Dooley didn't let out too much information, but he's still going to be looking in the transfer portal for the JUCO. And then, of course, the guys have been coming back. I think now with uh, a new staff, it's going to be refreshing because it's going to be pass heavy. I think Boney and Blood will get an opportunity, BJ, to uh, showcase what they can do. It's one of the good things about a new staff. I mean, you're starting off fresh. 
Um, so, I mean, you, you know, what, what you do for, you know, now moving forward is what's going to help you. And, you know, if you're a quarterback playing in that system with, with Coach Eric Dooley, man, you got to be chopping at the bits. Uh, you're going to get every opportunity. Um, one of the best offensive minds at, at this thing that we do call football. So, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be very interesting because I think you got some talented kids down there, and it's going to be interesting to see um, if, if that guy is found during the spring. Yeah, that spring is going to be important. Um, get your thoughts on a Southern Heritage Classic. Of course, Jackson State has is, is, is made their intentions known that they're going to pull out. Who's going to, after everything is settled, who's going to be in Jackson State's position to play against uh, Tennessee State? That's, that's interesting, man. I, I, I've known that Jackson State uh, – was not happy with the current arrangements with the Southern Heritage Classic um, as far as the payout. Um, I've, I've been knowing that for, for a minute. I also will say this. There's a certain way you got to do business, all right? Um, two things can be true at, at, at one time. Jackson State can be very unhappy with the way that they were compensated for the Southern Heritage Classic, and it can be unfair. But at the same time, I mean, you, you, you can – there's a way to do business. And, um, you know, I'm not necessarily signing off on the way that Jackson State kind of handled business on this one. But to me, I think that this is a great opportunity for Mississippi Valley or Arkansas Pine Bluff, one of those schools that have a uh, that has a presence in Memphis, uh, a big alumni base in, in Memphis. And those are the first two schools that come to mind, Mississippi Valley, Arkansas Pine Bluff, maybe in, in, in future years. Uh, because Arkansas Pine Bluffs, Tennessee State, it, it's just a natural rivalry. They both have huge alumni bases in that Memphis area, and uh, it, it, it makes sense. But it, it'll, it'll be interesting, interesting to see uh, who will get that opportunity for the Southern Heritage Classic. Southern Heritage Classic, one of my favorite games to go to. I've been to a couple of them up there. And I understand Jackson State's frustration. If you've ever been, Jackson State easily accounts for 70% of the crowd. Easy. Um, and, and that and that's and they, and it's not like they've been dominating the series. That series is dominated by Tennessee State, uh, but Jackson State, you know, you made up the majority of the crowd. I understand the frustration. I hate to see the game go away, but I understand business at the end of the day. I, I'm going to see if Charles can um, talk on his end. I, I'd like to see Alcorn State play in, in, in Memphis. Charles, is that a no-brainer? Or well, is that I'll tell you what. I will say this. We have a pretty big alumni base in Memphis. Um, our national mm -hmm. alumni meetings, it bounces around from different places, Houston, Dallas, Jackson, Birmingham, and we have had the what we call the Midwinter Conference in Memphis. So we do have a good alumni base in, in Memphis. So it would make sense if all corn and Tennessee State would play. As a matter of fact, some of our fans have talked about playing Tennessee State over the years. It just hasn't happened, hasn't materialized. But I think you can add all corn to that list too. UAPB, Memphis, not that far. Itabina, Memphis, not that far. All corn, Memphis, not that far in a solid um, alumni base. I guess for me, BJ, what's disappointing is the payout. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was good enough over the years to where Jackson State would continue to play in the game. But I did read something over the last week or so what the payout is. And uh, it is kind of. It does kind of blow you away that that's all that they're getting, considering that they do bring the majority of the fans. So that that did catch me sideways for sure. What's the number? Three hundred fifty thousand. 
that Jackson State brought home each year? I thought yeah, it was, was like three. Was it like three? Was it like three twenty-five? It was somewhere yeah, in that well, neighborhood. It wasn't much. It wasn't, it wasn't as much as you thought that it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree. I, I, I do. I do think, though, BJ, the suddenness of it. I mean, it just just happened all of a sudden. Now, I know people on the inside will say this was probably brewing for a while, and you even got intel on that as well. But it, it was just so sudden. You you wake up one day and you you pick up the you get on the you get on social media and you read like this happened. Like I told Carlos in the last hour, it knocked me off my couch. I just couldn't believe it because that's that's a huge game for the for the Memphis economy and all of that. And just to see it, just to see Jackson pull out, I, I thought. Uh, I, I thought it was really, really intriguing. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I'm reading some of the comments. Uh, Rube says, don't forget about Southern <laughs> Southern University. And I know Coach Banks talked about maybe playing Tennessee State, but, you know, maybe in a home-and-home series. But um, it, it's just going to be interesting to see uh, how this all is going to come out. You know, Jackson State is giving their intentions – and there's a legal aspect to it, of course. Um, who could be some other teams? But boy, Alcorn State—that that, that does—that's that's going to be interesting. Um, BJ, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to, because you you're familiar with this area, Carl Ligon, L-I-G-O-N, running back Montgomery, mm-hmm. saw his highlights, three star. Southern was able to go and get him from Montgomery. I'm sure Alabama State, who else? Alabama A, Alabama and M, I'm sure all of them were after him looking ahead at his film. That's a toy that Coach Dula, being an offensive man, has a chance to develop. Just just frightening in a good way. Playmaker. Uh, playmaker can lightning can strike from anywhere on the field, and, and, and so uh, can Mr. Ligon there. Uh, very athletic, uh, can put the ball in the end zone, man. You look for a kid that just, like I said, they got to put the ball in the box, as we as we call it. Uh, he can get it done. It's going to be interesting, interesting to see him in this offense because he can catch the ball, uh, he can run it, and can even play a little quarterback too. And, and, and it's going to be interesting. Kendrick Rhymes from Houston, Texas, Kilgore. Uh, some people have said he's an Alvin Kamara type of player that can – and here's what I mean. Not saying he is exactly like him, but he can catch the ball coming out of the backfield. You can he can run the football. I mean, another guy that that Southern will be able to utilize. And, and with with Coach Dooley, that 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 is going to be a interesting and great combination. With that being said, well, we're going to close this show out. BJ, we appreciate the time. As always, we'll talk with you soon. Charles, appreciate uh, guest co-hosting. Also, Roy, uh, producing today's show, and everybody who uh, tune in. We appreciate you as well. Don't forget, Carlos Brown Show every Saturday mornings from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time until next Saturday at 11 a.m. As always, peace and God bless.